Welcome to the Idea Fit Pro Show with your host, Sandy Todd Webster. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for joining me on another episode of the Idea Fit Pro Show. This is Sandy Webster, Ideas Editor in Chief, and on most weeks, your host for the podcast. But on this episode, our guest host, Kia Williams, has the mic and is talking with two of our incredible fitness colleagues, Nikki Snow and Rachel Babaraki, about what it means to fit in. And that acronym is P-H-I-T, Push Hard and Inspire Together. Their philosophy emphasizes inclusiveness and details radical and unique self-acceptance in the fitness world. Nikki Snow is co-founder and creator of Fit Society, a community that is changing the narrative of fitness and wellness by creating opportunities, building relationships, and taking action to make fitness and wellness a place where we all fit in. She was the 2020 Oxygen Magazine trainer for the OC6 Challenge and is a World of Dance UJAM trainer and presenter. As a former international presenter and national trainer for Les Mills International, she traveled to multiple countries to film educational content, present master classes, and facilitate instructor courses. She also teaches group fitness classes for Chicago athletic clubs. Rachel Babaraki, also co-founder and co-creator of Fit Society, started her professional fitness career as a teenager and has worked in various clubs and facilities doing nearly every job a fit pro can do. She has worked as a trainer, assessor, and presenter for the global group fitness brand Les Mills since 2010 and has served Les Mills U.S. in a leadership position since 2015. She has traveled the world delivering education and facilitating courses with both fitness pros and enthusiasts. Let's jump right into this lively interview, which will also give you a glimpse into Nikki and Rachel's insightful sessions about true inclusive fitness, which they've planned for the upcoming Idea World Convention just a few weeks away. Hello and welcome to the Idea Fit Pro Show. My name is Kia Williams and I'm your guest host for today's episode. It is my absolute pleasure to have a sit down conversation with two of my most favorite human beings on this planet, Rachel Babaraki and Nikki Snow Eby, who are joining us for today's episode. So welcome, ladies. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. You good with me um, telling the world your real last name, Nikki? I am now. (laughs) I know. (laughs) We can always re-record if that's the thing. Just kidding. It was time. No, I am honored to be Nikki Snow EB and take my wife's last name officially. So it is. And it's like, it's a rock star name that I just love to say. It sounds good on my ears. So good for you, mama. Rachel, how's it going? Where you been? Uh, It's going. Yeah, (laughs) it's good. I'm actually um, recovering from my first round of COVID. So I'm a little bit scratchy in the throat, but happy to be here. Excited to party with y'all. Yeah, it's, it's lots of good stuff happening. So I'm excited to chat with you. Well, very good. Welcome to the Idea Fit Pro Show. And for our viewers and listeners who have yet to have the beautiful opportunity of meeting you both. Can you just tell us maybe a little bit about your individual backgrounds and what brought you together as business partners? Mm-hmm. You want to go first, Nick? You're talking, girl. Take it away. 
Yeah. Um, so I grew up in the fitness industry. Nikki and I both worked for Les Mills on the trainer assessor presenter team. And that's how we met. I've known each other for years and have been within the industry um, as colleagues and friends and just really love fitness. You know, my own personal journey with it has had ups and downs and had to really reframe my relationship to my own fitness practice. And then that, of course, influenced what I do as a fitness professional my various roles and um, aspects of my career. So in 2019, Nikki and I were chatting about that and decided, you know what, this is, this is something we can make something out of this. And it's, it's an important conversation to be having. So we pulled together and created Fit Society. And so we have lots of really great conversations around fitness and wellness and bringing in aspects of body liberation and challenging diet culture and um, kind of lifting up, looking under the rug and seeing what we can dust out and, and how we can be more empowering and expansive and, and inclusive in our fitness practice, both individually and as fitness professionals. So yeah, it's All good right. stuff. And I'm a fierce member of the Fit Society. So thanks yes. for having me. <laughs> yes. With the red hair, fierce red. Yeah. Uh, all about it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll take it away. So I have been in the fitness industry about as long, maybe I think, right. You got into it a little bit before me, but right, right out of college. And yeah, my, I don't want to second what Rachel said, but kind of similar paths. We've had very freakishly kind of mm -hmm. similar paths along our fitness, even our upbringing. <laughs> so um, along the road, just really took it took a lot of turns for me. And I feel that fitness has been a, a constant in my life and it's been a constant reframe as well. So I've always known that fitness is ingrained and movement more than importantly is ingrained in my body and expressing myself creatively through that form of movement. And it in doing that, I found myself like in the tunnel of diet culture really, really deep. And I always knew that there was more, even when I was in it, it was like that little fairy on my shoulder going, there's more, there is more than this. And continually leaned into that. And even when I didn't know much about body liberation and that there was another way to be, it was like that internal knowing within me knew. And then like Rachel and I got together and I had started researching more and learning more and then get in with that firecracker. It was like, Hey, Nikki, look under this rug. And I was like, Oh, Whoa, there is a lot more to unpack here than I would have even ever realized. So it has been a beautiful, painful and worthwhile journey to say the least. <laughs> Very good. And it's evolutionary. So we're not Absolutely. done yet. Right. Amen. Yeah, still at it. So Amen. I've done some research and I see that you both will be at Idea World 2022 in Las Vegas of this year. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. So glad Thank to you. I'm so glad to be a spectator or to be involved in your sessions. But what are you both most looking forward to for Idea World this year after our two year hiatus? <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm I mean, I think we're all excited just to be together. Right. It's going to be so wonderful to see 
colleagues and friends from over the years, meet new people. Um, we'll be there presenting under Fit Society. And I'm also there with my full-time job with Les Mills and working a booth. And I'm just really excited to be able to make those connections and actually be in the same physical space. Um, Zoom is great and I love it for the accessibility. And there's just something so special about being in person. So I think just being together, sharing hugs and energy with everybody and, and getting to celebrate, you know, what idea is all about and the great changes they're making in the industry and, and make connections that way. Absolutely. Mm. What about you, Miss Nikki? Yeah, it was so impressive over the last two years, how quickly the industry took a hard left. It was like, we got to keep going and, and made it happen. You know, the best that we could being like re reacting in that first little bit, and then really coming up with some smart solutions. And then also it gave us the time that literally the bottom of the floor got cracked out from underneath us. So we can't go back to doing things the same way that we were. And so much came up that was necessary. Mm -hmm. So I am looking forward to observing Yes. And just being an, more of an observer and taking in, you know, what, how does this walk and feel and sound different in a really positive and liberatory way for mm -hmm. people? And I'm, I'm looking forward to that because I believe that people are ready to have the types of conversations that Rach and I are presenting. And I know that there's so much more education and it's forced people to get uncomfortable. And that is so necessary. And I think that that is uh, absolutely where we need to head in the direction. Absolutely. So necessary. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. um, with your two very good topics that you're bringing together, although I understand you are doing multiple things at this at this conference. Congratulations. I hope you hydrate. I hope you sleep well. <laughs> I feel I personally feel a little deconditioned after a two year hiatus. I got to get like my stamina back up for, for mm. presenting in person again. But tell us how and why the topics that you are presenting, if you could share the titles with us, how those topics are relevant or important to the industry. Why are you bringing them to this conference? Yeah, well, and first of all, we're really excited to be invited to present these topics and shout out to IDEA for being on the forefront of having different conversations and inviting us and others to come in and, and really have these different and exciting and new ways of interacting with fitness. It's really, really cool. So our two sessions are called Fitness for Everybody, Coaching and Teaching Weight Neutrality. And the second one is body liberation, how fitness professionals can empower all bodies. And both of them, you know, are very much within the wheelhouse of what we talk about at Fit Society. The first one is going to really dig into exploring weight neutrality and how historically fitness has come from a paradigm of weight management and weight loss and why we believe that, you know, maybe that doesn't really serve anymore. And we can look at this differently and we can look at engaging with fitness and movement and everything that comes with it, all the awesome parts of our, of our industry from a weight neutral standpoint and what does it actually mean as a fitness professional so if you're a personal trainer if you're a group fitness instructor if you're involved in fitness in some other capacity how do you move away from weight management and weight loss and move into this weight neutral environment and how does that impact your day-to-day -day? how does that impact working with clients what are some ideas on how you can change the way you're speaking the way you're working to sit in this new way of being um, which i think really translates to what we've we've all been through over the last couple of years both within 
in our industry and wider. Like everyone has had to take that step back and things have had to stop and things have had to change. And we're all kind of looking at how do we reintegrate things in our lives in a way that feels really empowering and feels really positive. And I think a lot of people are having this conversation both inside our industry and, and outside of it of how do we engage with our bodies and engage with health and engage with fitness and engage with movement in a really different way. So I think there's no better time than now to be having this conversation and to be discussing how we can really shift and change and approach things differently. Absolutely. Mm. And there's so many fantastic practical tools that we're going to give everybody as well. And when you're looking at your own relationship and what that looks like, because you can't do one without the other, right? And yet you can continue to be a work in progress yourself and practice these things in your community and when you're coaching, when you're training as well. So that is when you have all of this information coming at you, Rachel and I, take a lot of pride in giving people actual tools very good rather than just the information coming at you so get excited to be challenged and we'll hold so much beautiful space for you too. absolutely so if you're given tools how about can you list some of those key takeaways that we can expect from those two sessions yeah, absolutely. So in the first session, when we talk about coaching and teaching more to weight neutrality, um, we'll dig into first, like why we believe this is the, the approach to fitness we should all be embracing and taking. So we'll get into a little bit of the science and the data. And um, I'm very much a nerd in that way. And I love bringing that to the table. So it's not just our opinion. It's also, hey, here's what science is telling us. And here's some other great experts in our industry you can learn from. So we'll bring that to it. We'll discuss what the challenges of weight management are of weight loss are and how there's benefits of moving into weight neutrality. And then we'll dig into those more practical skills of what does it actually look like to teach and to coach from a weight neutral perspective. So things that are really specific, like changing our coaching cues in a group fitness class to be more weight neutral, or when you're working specifically with a client and they come with a goal of weight loss, how can you help support that? And also introduce this idea of weight neutrality. So we'll dig into kind of things that fitness professionals can walk away with and utilize in their day-to-day in their different roles. And in the second session, we're digging more into what we call body freedom philosophies. So things that I'm sure many have heard of body positivity, body neutrality, and body liberation. And these are certainly not original ideas to us. There is decades of incredible work being done by activists and people within and without of our industry that have um, really built a great uh, framework that we'll bring to the table and discuss with and how this intersects with fitness and wellness. And then we'll dig into like what behaviors can we shift and change to Nikki's point in our own practice of fitness so that we can really feel that in our own bodies and our in our own lives and how we can start to shift towards a more liberatory space. And then we'll dig into how does that then translate into the professional capacity as well. So it's that personal and professional we'll really dig into in that second session, which is going to be really exciting. Absolutely. Nikki, do you have anything to add? I would just say come with come with an open mind because this it it's this is something that we all are impacted and influenced right. by. And even there's things that are in our rear view mirror, in our rear view mirrors that we don't even know are there. And that can cause like walls to start coming up and just going, oh, like when I'm noticing, oh, 
I feel that wall coming up. I feel myself wanting to react, like holding space for that. And there's nothing right, wrong or in about that, but just giving it space to go, you know what, could this be from something that I'm, I'm not even guilty for something in my rear view mirror and then taking it and being very curious. So Rachel and I, I would say having that mind of being open-minded yet curious, and then taking that away to develop to your own thoughts, feelings, and beliefs about what, what we're presenting as well, because we're not coming in saying that, that, that like that you have to think a certain way, just like, just examine your own reality and then make shifts and changes that make sense for you, your community and everybody. Right on. Mm-hmm. Very good stuff. And Rachel, let's go back to some points that you made that stuck out to me. The word neutrality, mm. that sort of translates to there's no right, left, up, down, east or west. There's some gray in the middle, mm-hmm. but then also liberation. So freeing ourselves maybe from barriers, if you will, parameters. And you also talked about the science that is not new. It's existed. There, there have been people doing the good work in the good fight for such a long time. But here we are, we're, we're looking at science that maybe we didn't understand or know would have translated to being detrimental. It was a good thing at one point to say people need to lose weight because X, Y and Z. We need to focus in on weight management because of X, Y and Z. We have science. We have stats to support that information, but because there's an evolution in the world, not just in the human body, if you will, um, but more people are becoming a little bit braver, or as Nikki said, holding space and opening that space for people to speak of, you know, this is not one size fits all. We've been forcing it to fit so many different and very complex bodies. So Rachel, Although we, it may seem that we're combating decades of body dysmorphia, body shaming, disordered eating, and, and ways that we've done in the past that we've become even more educated on, especially in, in the world of exercise and wellness or fitness, if you will. Do you feel, despite some of these um, uneven parallels, are we winning at this battle? Like, are there any changes that are happening that could be sustainable? I love this question. Um, And I think the short answer is yes. I think the longer answer is a yes and. So absolutely, we're seeing things shift and change and we're seeing more and more, especially in our industry, fitness professionals start to speak out about this and and say, hey, I thought this way. Now I'm thinking this way and I'm reading more about this and it's expanding my understanding. And there are people who are not there yet and maybe won't get there or maybe disagree. And that's okay too. And if you're someone who hears, you know, the titles of our sessions and go, I don't know about that. Like, please come. We would love to have a conversation with you. And like Nikki said, we're not saying you have to believe any certain way. We just want to present our perspective and, and what we've learned and let's have a conversation about it. So I think there's a lot of opportunity still in our industry. And I think there's a lot of really good um, revolutionary work happening to help shift things and change things and reframe things and open things up to look at it differently. And that's really what we're all about. Yeah. And get uncomfortable. There have been people in existence for so long who've had to assimilate in spaces mm-hmm. and have been uncomfortable. It's all right. We can yeah. enter those spaces and be uncomfortable for once, especially if we've been a part of a population that hasn't been forced to. 
You know, mm. everything has been modeled around this certain population, you know, yeah, pay your dues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you and know. I would add to that. Sorry to interrupt you, but no. I would add to that. I think in fitness, like we know the benefits of discomfort, right? That's what yeah. working out is. You got to mm. get a little bit uncomfortable. Physically challenge. Actually yeah. challenge and get stronger. So this is the same thing. If, if we stay in our comfort zone, we're not going to get stronger. We're not going to grow. So get uncomfortable with us. That's where the good growth happens. Absolutely. Very good. Um, something that I want to ask you about, Nikki, um, I, I subscribe to a lot of fitness channels. That's part of my continuing education efforts. Mm -hmm. Speaking of continuing education, plug fitness pros. Remember, you must get your fit continuing education because science is challenged. Science is changing. But in my subscription to some of these blog posts and exchanges, I'm reading people who are resistant to the point that Rachel just made about getting uncomfortable in these spaces, resistant of that, what I don't know, what it wasn't in the past. So are we to change our certifications moving forward? Because mm -hmm. the material has changed. Now that you're not saying it's about losing weight, it's about body neutrality and meeting people where they are. What's right and what's wrong? Tell me, how mm -hmm. do I pass this test? Mm -hmm. Is actually something that I read. <laughs> how do I pass yeah. this exam? But what do you think? What's your opinion on that, Nikki? How do you feel? Yeah. So I believe that there is good wound up in all of it. You know, it's like the, the smoke and mirrors of the industry is, you know, you lose weight so that you become what happier you move your body so that you, it, it gets wound up in the good of it all. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it's the limitations that get put around, yeah. around that. And that's where I go. It's a simple crossroads of like, is this expansive or is this detracting? Ooh. And if you take that as simple as that is, it, you can call it out. So yes, I do believe that like shifting into that space and going, okay, we are in the fitness and movement and wellness because people deserve happiness and wholeness and all of these wonderful things. And now that we know better, we do better. Right. right. And if you have a lot of resistance, well, why is that? What is under that resistance? And can you think that there's another way to do this? And I like that of both sides. I don't think it's like we're not taking a hard left. It's not going to. It's like we've got to keep working together to mm -hmm. continue to expand everybody as a whole. You know, because if we keep pointing at each side as being that it's like that collective coming together and go, OK, what was the real goal underneath all of it that we were working for and realizing that we're all batting for the same team? Exactly. And how it's, it's sometimes sad, triggering and interesting how far we get away from our goals, especially when there are more cooks in the kitchen, if you will, which is a good thing. We want yeah. more responsible service providers and fitness service providers in the industry. That's the point of us being here. We want to reach the masses, but staying true to the common goal, because somewhere within the word fitness, 
Well, one, I think we should challenge the definition of fitness because yeah. somewhere within us. And what are other, we fitting? <laughs> exactly. What are we fitting? But somewhere in our pursuit of fitness and exercise that translated to a certain body image or size. And I don't like to get personal, not in public, but I feel very brave in space with you, with you two ladies um, and safe rather. I remember Years ago, many, many years ago, I was probably at one of my lowest points in my personal life, super emotional to the fact that it affected my eating, my diet and how I was showing up. And in my opinion, when I looked in the mirror, I didn't like what I saw. I thought I was emaciated. I thought I was so small, the smallest that I've ever been. Nothing fits. But I'm going to my yoga studio and my gym studios to teach because that's that's my outlet. That's my refuge. That's the one hour throughout my entire day that I felt happy. So I'm not going to lose it. And I'm in the space welcoming people to this this beautiful, accepting environment. And I remember a participant came up to me and she was so excited. And she said to me, what are you doing? You look so great. You've lost weight. And my immediate or knee jerk reaction was, no, I didn't because I didn't want to, you know, accept that or believe that. No, I didn't. I'm the same size as always. No, you look good now is what Mm. she said. Mm -mm. And like you said, Nikki Snow, there was good intention there. I recognize that. But in that vulnerable spot that I was, I knew something wasn't right. I knew I was not well. I did not like what I saw in the mirror. And sure, I was trying to work on it. But because somewhere in our society, the word fitness became or equated to skinny. Mm -hmm. And the more weight that I lost or the smaller that I became, it was like a better thing. Mm -hmm. It was really sad a sad moment for me. And yeah, honestly, I bawled my eyes out like in the bathroom, like I don't look good, but she didn't think I looked good before either. Mm. So, not that it matters, but that's why conversations like yours are so important. And not just to the general, I'm part of the general pop, but here I am considering myself a fitness pro on a podcast with you all. And it's something that I faced in my own personal life. And I know there are many other people who can relate as well, but in our industry, I pose the question again, do you think we can do better? What Mm. are some examples of us making those positive changes? Mm. Mm. Number one, stop commenting on people's bodies. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) You know, because you never know, you never ever know. And that just from what you were said, if that woman, how many other different ways could have she had that with the good intention and unknowingly what was underneath that too, there are other ways of connecting with people Mm -hmm. without commenting on people's bodies. So I'll just get that one out. Mm, yeah. And thanks for sharing that, Kia. I yeah, think thank you. That's such a common story. You know, I think we could all sit here and, and be like, yep, I had a similar thing happen and here's mine. And, and I think almost every fitness professional has dealt with this in some capacity as a professional of, of what does it mean to be fit, right? And what does that look like? And there's this, what we're told and I remember early on in my personal training career, I had a manager tell me that your body is like a billboard when you work in the fitness industry. So yeah, I've heard what you that. look like on the weight floor is what people will think they're buying from you. And I remember in that moment, like 
feeling like I was punched in the gut. Like, well, that doesn't make sense. Cause I know so many wonderful fitness professionals who all look really different and mm-hmm. so are so intelligent and so smart and so educated, but are not fitness models. So what about them? You know, and there's another piece of it too, of thinking with the clientele we work with, we see over and over again in the data that comes out from our, you know, fitness industry reporting that what keeps people away from gyms and boutiques and facilities and away from fitness oftentimes is this issue is that they don't feel that they look the part. They don't feel that they'll be confident enough. They don't have the right clothes or the right body shape. I've had so many conversations through my care with people who say, you know, I'll invite them to my classes or ask them to come join the club I work at and they'll go, Oh, well, actually I think I need to get in better shape before I can do that. And it's always taken me aback, but, but I, you know, don't judge them for saying that. Cause it's like, well, that's the narrative we're told. And that's, you know, both our industry and wider society supports this idea that like, you need to look a certain way to be able to claim fitness, which is so backwards. And we all know that. So I think the more we start to point out those issues and I'm a big realist. I love to just like say what's going on. And it's like, it doesn't have to be any one way. We can just notice it and acknowledge it. And that awareness then gives us the power to choose differently. Um, So I think the more of these conversations we can have, even if they are a little uncomfortable or a little awkward or whatever, you know, value judgment we want to put on it. I think they're really important and valuable conversations to have because the more we point out like, Hey, this is a thing that had a negative um, effect on me or on my clientele, then we can decide to choose differently. And that's where we really start to shift the tide. So acknowledge it and and talk about it. I appreciate that. And now that I've made it through that period in life and I've educated myself, empowered myself around it. It's funny, not so funny, but it's funny. Just recently, someone made a comment about uh, my body size and type. And I was like, you know what? We don't do that in this day and time anymore. We don't do that. Right. Like, uh, so it was super <laughs> awkward. Yeah. And I meant I meant it. I meant it to be a record scratch moment. Yeah. I did. Sure. <laughs> if I'm gonna be uncomfortable, join me. Be uncomfortable. <laughs> I love that you just spun it right back on to them. And then they went, but you know what? They walked away from that and educated. In that simple. And yeah. you could do it in an abrupt, but you know, respectful way. And then they're the one walking away going, dang. <laughs> I learned something new. And oh, I yeah. guarantee they went home and said, honey, guess what? <laughs> guess yeah. what we don't do in this day and time. <laughs> That's, right. Yeah. That's right. But to all of that point, how can we as responsible co- coaches and service providers know if we're doing and saying the right thing. I know that a lot of people want to, um, but sometimes it's, it's paralyzing. Like, will I offend this person? Given the fact of the personal example that I gave, this person really thought they were giving me a huge compliment. So sometimes you're like, I just don't say anything to people because they'll take it the wrong way. Mm. Tell tell us in your professional opinion, how will coaches and responsible service providers know if they're doing and saying the right things? Mm. Well, always check your intention and check your reasoning. Ask yourself why, why, what is my intention behind why I'm going to say what I'm going to say? Yeah. 
And even that is this liberating people, check yourself at that stop sign, or is it limiting? And I do that constantly. And I coach people on this constantly. And they're these small things. And then take the risk, take the risk. When you get hit there, now you have awareness. And once you have awareness, you can't get unaware. So then you have a choice. And then you have a choice of doing differently, or you have a choice of going back to that, the old pattern of which you did it and continuing to flex that muscle. Is it going to be perfect? Perfect does not exist. So absolutely not. You know, I taught a class the other day and something blurted out of my mouth. And I swear to you, it was some unconscious programming that just like blurted out on the microphone. And I checked myself. I didn't apologize for it, but I knew that I could do better. Yeah. Right. And I took it seriously and I took it to heart and then I moved forward with it. And in that too, always check like in, when you put yourself out there, what is the response? Like, how are people communicating back to you? Sure. And if you don't know, always, I say, ask questions, come at it up from a place of what people's experience is and mm-hmm. ask them what they would want and how, like putting it back on people, just kind of the way you did is a way to get feedback and then apply that in real time to respect that individual. And then you meet them in the middle and you might end up teaching, like having a teaching moment without that so much abruptness right. too. Like there's lots of ways to do it, but in the way that it starts coming back to you, mm-hmm. that's a good indicator of that, the barometer of which, like where you're shifting. Absolutely. So where is your it liberating or is it limiting? I love yeah. that, Nikki. Is it liberating or limiting? And get aware of your social awareness. Tap into that. If, if you give what you think is a compliment and the person clams up, check yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So Rachel, what what do you think? Are we, how do we know if we're being more inclusive in these fitness spaces, if we're doing it right, if we're doing the right thing? Yeah. Um, Well, first thing I want to say and and call out is that we're not going to do it right all the time and that's okay. Right. Uh, Perfectionism is, is not great. And if you struggle with that, hands up, same. Um, But it's so important to start to unpack that and ask like, what, what does perfectionism serve? Like, why am I putting this pressure on myself when no human is perfect and we're all learning and, and what's underneath that? And why am I reacting so strongly when I do get called out for something? And how is that tied to my you know identity and how I value myself and how can I unpack that? That's like a whole nother session we could have. But I think that's an important piece of it because the more we start to loosen the grip of having to be right and having to be perfect, the more space we create for ourselves to actually get it right. And that's, that's a big difference. So I would encourage people to really sit with that and unpack that a little bit. And then what I start to notice and kind of my litmus test of like, am I getting it right? Am I sitting in the place that, you know, is in alignment with my values and how I want to show up is I start to pay attention to the the conversations I have with other people and the conversations they're having with me. So with my clients, with, you know, the team that I run with my colleagues, I work with, with my friends and family, with the people who go to my classes, I start to notice like what is 
you know, the vibe of the conversation Mm -hmm. and is diet culture coming up a lot and how is that responded to, or are people being a little bit more, you know, exploratory in this liberated liberatory way and talking a little bit differently about bodies. And I think that's a really good way to see like, what conversations are you having? What things are people bringing up? What do they feel safe talking to you about? Right. And that for me, I can start to kind of see like, oh, maybe I've dipped back this way a little bit. I can pull it back this way a little bit more because of the conversations I'm having. Yeah, we're not going to get it right every single time. But at the start of this conversation, you all mentioned how, especially over the past two and three years, that there's no normal, you know, and people have changed. Uh, So many things have been challenged, so many theories and ways of doing. But I think also, at least in my experience in society, people are are allowing a little bit more grace, extending a little bit more grace. So even in those conversations of a person says something that may be offensive, we're allowing a little bit more, holding a little bit more space to use the terminology that you've used to say, hey, ooh, I think I just offended you. Can we talk about this? Mm. And then the education happens or ooh, a lot of what I'm getting, especially because of my facial expressions, people are responding to there are no more masks where I live. So there's no hide in my face. <laughs> <laughs> so my face tells it all. They're like, ooh, what did you just receive from me? Key? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, they mm. care what I think, you know, and just the grace of allowing a person to respond. But the grace of yourself of I think I may have made an error. How can I grow from this? And this is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. And think of how different if you're all of our interactions, <laughs> if we actually all interacted with each other in that way, how much more understanding and compassion we would have. And the more understanding and more awareness we have, it's like, that's what we're, why we're doing this. <laughs> and I'm so glad that you two are doing this with us. Thank you so much. Mm. One last question for you. Things that you wish your mentors or coaches had told you. I mean, you both have had very fascinating career journeys, uh, still growing. We we accept, we admit. But even in the many years that you've been in the industry, committed to your craft and what you do, what are things that you wish you're not putting the onus on them now, but Mm. you just wish someone would have told you before now? Mm. I think this is such a powerful question. And and we actually chatted about it a little bit before and I was laughing because I'm like, oh, it's more, I wish they wouldn't have said some things, you know? Um, And to your point, Kia, not to call them out or put them on blast or anything, because then to me, I turn that around on myself and go, well, what have I said to people through my journey that has had that sort of an impact? And how can I offer others grace? Because we are all learning and the industry is in a, a transformational period. So what was cool and good and accepted and normal 10 years ago isn't necessarily now. And so always giving people that grace and that compassion. Um, I think that, you know, the biggest thing I would have loved to see is more people having these conversations. And part of that is, is just the circles I ran with too, you know, is as I've expanded myself, I've realized that actually these conversations were happening. I just wasn't hearing them. So, um, for me, it, it, it definitely is a little bit about like what I wish I had heard or not heard, but also it's this self-reflective of like, you know what, 
how great it is that now I have the opportunity to listen to different voices and hear what I wish I would have heard 10 years ago and realize that it was being said, it just wasn't being amplified. And so what do we need to change so that those conversations are the ones rising to the top and, and getting bigger and bigger audiences? Very good. And that's a great way of rephrasing that. Things I wish I would have heard before now. Very good. Mm. Nikki, same question for you. Something popped into my head and it was make it work for you. Don't work for it. Like that is something that has stuck with me just in life in general. And I wish that I could have taken that within my, within fitness in my own relationship with it. And rather than right out of the gate, forcing myself, it was, you know, I want to get there. So this is the way that I have to do it rather than actually looking that and going, you know, what, is this working for me? Or am I working for that? And that would have really, and it's hard to say that would have, because there's no way to know that too, right? Because maybe I did hear that or I didn't hear that back then. And I'm still where I am. So now that I I know more, I I do more than that. Because there can be a lot of, you know, I wish that I would have known this. I wish that somebody would have told this to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now that's our role. Yeah. Now that we know more, we can do do more and amplify other voices so that hopefully people do hear that when they're younger and mm-hmm. at a different place in their life. And you know what? Wherever you are in life, no matter if you're 99 or you're 15, like when you hear it and you, it feels good to you, like that's the perfect time mm-hmm. and you are ready to hear it at that moment. Mm-hmm. I know. And I think the best advice that I've gotten well into the third decade of my living observe don't absorb observe mm. yeah. because I internalize things a lot I'm like you meant that about me mm. observe don't absorb but all in Love all that. ladies I thank you both so much for your time your patience for holding space for this type of conversation and for bringing these very valuable conversations to idea world 2022 I look forward to joining you for your sessions and I wish you the best of luck on your continued success. Thank you for your time today. This has been the Idea Fit Pro Show. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, everyone. It's Sandy Webster again. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I did. To connect with Rachel or Nikki or to learn more about their upcoming sessions at Idea World Convention, please check the show notes for details. And on a personal note, I'm sending out loads of gratitude to Kia for hosting yet another memorable interview. People, it's been over two years and way too long since we met in person. It's time to reclaim that magic at the 2022 Idea World Convention. Not only can you stoke your passion to further your education and network with other fit pros in person, it's a great place to boost your earning potential and to move to the next step in your career. Come to Las Vegas July 20th through 24th and help us celebrate IDEA's 40th anniversary while experiencing the best overall fitness education experience of the year. This exciting event delivers 24 CECs over a four-day experience that's packed with education, movement, networking, parties, exposure to potential employers, and an expo that will do wonders to up-level your product knowledge. Go to ideafit.com and click on the events tab to get all the details. 
or call 1-800-999-4332, extension 7, to speak directly with an idea-inspired service member. This is Sandy Webster signing off. Until next time, stay positive and keep inspiring the world with your special magic. Don't ever forget that you make a huge difference in the lives of others, and that idea is here to support you in this critical purpose. Thanks for all you do to make the world a healthier, happier place. The Idea Fit Pro Show is part of the Idea Fit Inc. podcasting network. Many thanks to our executive producer, Jordan Leeds, and our engineer and editor, Mike Hilding. Copyright 2022, all rights reserved. Reproduction without permission is strictly prohibited.